0: You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, film family? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by my brother, the prodigal one, Mr. JB. What's going on, bro? What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, film family? So, for anyone who has been listening to this podcast and who also listens to M- MBK, my brother's keeper, me and JB's other podcast, will know that I just I just drilled him a new asshole about his his technology and not getting a new phone. He didn't get a new phone yet, but he did get a new microphone. JB, you sound wonderful. Go ahead. I have a surprise for you. Did you order the phone too? I'm gonna show you right now. Oh, that's the same phone. I can see. I, yeah, I was about to say, I can see you before you show. I ain't them.
1: never getting that shit.
0: <laughs> but uh, we're here today. We have our, we're, we're going to be doing, it's the first time us reviewing a fan film. We're doing two of them, actually. We're doing Never Hike Alone, Never Hike in the Snow. But before we get into that, we got a couple of pieces of news like we like to do before we get into the review itself. The first one is one that we touched on briefly um, on NBK, but fuck it, this is a different podcast, so we're going to get into more in depth here. So Disney um, executive has said they're going to be focusing more on Disney Plus, more on streaming going forward, prioritizing it. So they're not completely stepping away from theatrical releases. And also, by the way that it, that it was worded, it seems like it may they may just mean until the pandemic's over. Maybe that's what they mean. Uh, some more news has come out that said Kevin Feige, who runs Marvel, has been one of the biggest people pushing back on Black Widow releasing releasing digitally. But overall, it seems like Disney as a whole is going to be focusing more on that now you know i'm i'm of two minds with it disney plus one of the biggest things that's been a problem there is the lack of exclusives so if by focus on it more make it more of a priority that mean they're going to be bringing more exclusives to disney plus they you you should have been fucking doing that when you decided to come out with a streaming platform but you can a, a company as big as disney in no way can completely ditch theatrical releases so you know, I, there's this, you know, when, when a headline comes out, people start freaking out and taking it different ways. What do you think about it, JB?
1: So first and foremost, right, Disney's not going to ditch the other stuff. I mean, that's going to always be the moneymaker. But we have to look at this, the times we're in right now. We're in COVID times, coronavirus times. So is the, the the big releases their bread and butter right now? No, it's no one's bread and butter. Yeah. So they have to figure out a way they're a you know a multi-billion dollar company they have to figure out a way to still generate revenue. And obviously if they're having success on streaming then why not? I mean, I don't know the numbers but you probably know Mulan. Do you know what Mulan generated how much money? Do you know that? The, the last
0: time I checked on it which was honestly probably about 2 weeks ago, I think it was like 65-70 million, which that's great that's crazy for streaming. I'm not going to like but the fact it was well, supposed to be a theatrical release... Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say was... Forget about the fact that it's streaming. That's crazy considering people sh- a
1: lot of people shit on the movie. Yeah. So just imagine how many people did not watch it because it got bad reviews. So were it like a big blockbuster that we're used to? They're going to cross 100 million. And in these times, you can't be upset at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um. I mean, I th- and I think that this is... this Disney's probably one of the big... Disney and Universal have, have come out with basically their stance on streaming and the focus of it going forward universal wants to be able to release things as close to theatrical release on also streaming as possible going forward with all their films um but i think this is this is just going to be something we hear more studios do even if they don't make an official announcement you know i think this pandemic has made the studios realize how reliant they were on theaters and the fact that amc it's very close they they come out with even more numbers saying that they expect their their cash funds to be completely depleted by the beginning of 2021, we're not getting new movies till then. So how they're going to keep that afloat? who knows? But I think this has opened eyes up to not only consumers but a lot of people that maybe maybe these budgets of these movies that gotten completely out of control need to be brought need to be brought down some so that movies are are more uh, can be more profitable if it comes time that they have to focus on streaming and that's what I think the biggest thing is going to be when we have these, these movies with these 300, 400 million dollar budgets. I think we may see that shrink down considerably. Like a huge movie now may have, if it gets a hundred million dollar budget, you know, that, that has to be theaters. But when you see what like Blumhouse can do on $5 million, you got to think that with Disney, with all the resources that they have, the fact that they own all their own lots, everything else, they can take if bone can do it on five disney can probably take 10 million dollars and still deliver very close to what we've been getting what do you think yeah so and that that's a great point that i, I wanted to make actually
1: you, you know we're both financial guys but even if you're not a financial guy it's common sense when your profits are being are being decreased what do you do you cut cost yeah. whether that means laying people off in this case making a movie you cut your cost so that expensive cgi shit you were doing gone we, we can see a lot of we might go back to a lot of back to the basic stuff where a lot of these old school directors it'll be right in their element because they're not used to cgi they, they never really played up too much on cgi yeah. so i think a lot of things are gonna go back to old school so number one like i said get rid of the cgi and try to cut costs in every way possible and for anyone out there who's like oh well you know you can't make a movie and, and actually be successful on a small budget tell that to blumhouse Mm-hmm. Tell that to the Blair Witch Project. Tell that to uh, the Paranormal Activity guys. D- movies can be made for not that much money and blow up. You have a good storyline. You have good acting. Hell, to be honest with you, you don't even really need good cinematography. Let's be real. Because all those handheld movies that make millions of dollars, that you can't say that's good cinematography. As long as you have a good storyline and good characters and good acting, that's really all you need. And, and that's it. So that's that part. Now, the second part you were talking about, about movie theaters. And I don't know why this didn't click back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know what movie theaters should do to, and I bet you they would generate so much money. Here's the only problem though. It's not a consistent weekly thing. It's going to be a once a month thing. And you know what they can do? Let's take it back to old school. I'm talking about eighties and let's, for those who don't know you and I used to do wrestling podcasts, So I want to use wrestling mm-hmm. for an example back in the days in the eighties. How could you watch, for example, wrestling in your one? pay-per-view no there was no pay-per-view back then so you would have to do it on closed circuit go to a movie theater ah so imagine they had ufc pay-per-views big boxing Mm. pay-per-views um whatever you can think think about but bring bring it old school buy a ticket for 20 bucks now it's a win-win the movie theater is making money now those guys the ufc guys they're okay with that because normally they would sell a pay-per-view for 65 bucks Mm. but in this case they're not going to sell it to you and I. They're going to sell the commercial side of it. Just like if you go to like a Buffalo Wild Wings or something, how they sell them the commercial license. They sell it to the movie license. The movies make the killing. We're happy now because we go to a, in a movie setting to watch this. And for me, it's a win, win, win.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it. I think the key thing is like if we're just talking about how the movie is going to be profitable, they need to find a way. To air every fucking thing they can, whether it's pay-per-views, whether it's you know independent film like we talked about before, hell, rent it out to a damn film school. Let film schools air their movies out once a night, like a film school night, like whatever you want to do, grindhouse style. Like movie theaters, if they want to stay afloat until we get it, because it's basically all but confirmed we're not getting any major blockbusters now until 2021. Now, luckily, we're we're halfway through October, two and a half months roughly left of that okay we you should be able to stay hell at this point rent it out to school still having their concerts like do something um but they need to be trying to find well you saw that that amc yeah that's the next thing we're gonna talk about you um, can rent a whole amc theater for 99 bucks which i mean bro like i said i mean you've i've made this 20 before for example um the super bowl i know that it that that the new year will probably start before we get that but like say me you q our families whatever run out of the theater to watch the super bowl and have like we can go and get their concessions and everything like that's more than worth it hell we would spend that much just trying to get food for everyone alone so we can say hey everyone pitch in 30 bucks or whatever every family show up at the movie theater and let's have fun hell yeah who wouldn't do that now you don't even got to clean up yeah that too You <laughs> get the fucking leave go home your house is clean you don't you don't have to worry about the stress of because hosting a Super Bowl party is stressful. Um, Trust me, I know. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of different options. And then as far as, like, to get back into, like, the what may happen, I love what you said there as far as, like, cutting down the bu- – the special effects budgets need to be the first thing. Let's go back to practical. Um, And you, this yeah. is one of those things where, seriously, I hope that we see a lot of horror movies because horror movies are perfectly set up and equipped for this shit. Their budget's already low. They get huge returns in general. If you can stay practical on on a horror film, you can do some shit. Um, and then even like *Brightburn*. I don't know if you've seen *Brightburn* or not, but that was the the if Superman was bad kind of storyline that came out was the kid or whatever. That was I don't think I've seen that. Um, I seen like the, you know, the Russian side of Superman, whatever the well, hell it, that was called. Well, it's it's not that sun. story, but it's 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 not actually Superman. That's just the best way to compare it is because the kid's an alien. He gets gotcha. basically all of Superman's powers, but he's evil. It was a horror super a superhero film made by James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither and stuff. But he um, yeah, I know James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. So they they oh, he didn't direct it. I think he produced it. But that movie was made for I think thirteen million dollars. I know it was under twenty million dollars. And while the special effects weren't the level of a Marvel, it they don't stand out as being terrible, so like you can make the superhero movies too on smaller budgets. It's just and still get huge returns that does nothing but benefit people a it makes creators try to work harder in my opinion it also puts job puts people in jobs like as far as creating movies and stuff like overall i I hope that we see a reduction in everything so that this industry can stay fluent because one thing the theaters can go away the movies are the the uh, production companies are always going to have a place to put their movies so to keep theaters alive something's going to have to give but i guess we'll see going forward and how that continues uh bro i got just one last piece of news on here um before we go we're horror films can i just say one thing real yeah, quick go ahead. yeah so I again just another really good point about the horror
1: movies because horror movies universally you don't really need a big budget for horror movies you don't really see too much cgi in horror movies and you know another thing and i know we've mentioned this i mentioned their name quite a few times but there's a reason you know who who doesn't give a shit about any of this? Who probably has not even been infected even one percent? Mm-hmm. Blumhouse, because this is, again, I know we mentioned them a couple times. This is right up their alley. Yeah, nothing has changed for Blumhouse. No, they're just continuing. Nothing has changed for them at all.
0: They did all four of their movies are now available on the, the the Welcome to Blumhouse thing. I actually just watched one before we record. Uh, I Evil Eye, really good for just yeah, a, I haven't seen that. Just a streaming at home, like theater release. It'll be picked apart a little bit more, but. The thing is, is just Blumhouse makes quality stuff. They just make stuff that is just enjoyable. What, what, what was that? I, I believe you said you were going to see Lit. Um,
1: did you end up watching it? No. Wasn't number one called Lit or something?
0: No, not yet. I haven't
1: yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. But all right. Uh. The second piece of news that I was going to get into, and this is still in the horror realm and Halloween, we actually started this podcast originally as the Fear Frequency on a uh, review of the Halloween series, uh, Halloween Kills. Blumhouse oh, this goes back to Jason Blum uh, he has said that this movie will not be delayed come hell or high water is going to be released in October 15th 2021 now by all accounts movie theaters should be back open in, in shape form or fashion some way by then but let's say this time next year which seems like we're maybe in the middle of a spike we're back to where we are now i guess that means it's coming to streaming what how what do you think about that them saying that it is not going to be delayed again either way it's coming out october 15th
1: 2021 yeah i don't i i believe him 100 percent because he probably figures like hey you know what in terms of the shooting and the production if shit does go bad they can again take it back to basics and they can do blumhouse's is, is a genius when it comes to that. So he's not hes not worried about, oh man, where are we going to film? Where are we going to produce? But he's not worried about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of whether it's going to be streaming on the wide release, obviously Blumhouse, us, the actors, everyone wants to see a wide release. But if not, the second best thing is streaming. And like we mentioned when we were talking before, you
0: know, with Mulan, I
1: guarantee you Halloween Kills makes more money than fucking Mulan. Trust
0: me. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. People are really excited about this. I know you weren't uh the biggest on the reboot or whatever but i generally it seems like the especially halloween fans really appreciated that sequel they've already ref- filmed yeah, and it wasn't terrible at all yeah they already filmed both this one is halloween kills and the next one's halloween ends they were supposed to we were actually supposed to be probably reviewing this one this week this it would have been out i think this week or next week uh halloween kills would have been out and then next next year would have been halloween ends but you know push it back uh so yeah, I mean, they filmed Halloween ends already. Yeah, they filmed them together. They filmed both of them together. Oh, so I we didn't know them at that. The same okay, time. yeah. So they took care of the sequel. They they wrote it everything, and then they brought everybody back to film both movies at the same time. So as of right now, there's probably a finished version of both these movies just sitting somewhere in a safe at Blumhouse Studio, being watched. Yeah, so I'm sure. Yeah, the people at Blumhouse have seen this shit like three or four times, especially during quarantine. He probably just invites people over, like, "Hey, you want to see the new Halloween movie?" Um. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. Definitely excited for that. Uh, yeah, that's it for news. I, I mean, there's some other things we could have talked about, but nothing major. I mean, more pushbacks, which we all expected. Um, the movie news is so slow right now. I think the last the thing that really threw me off is they're expecting the new Doom movie to be the next billion dollar movie. And my thing is, like, how do you project anything to make a billion dollars right now? Like you just people aren't going Not to really- the movie theater. go ahead.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I don't I've never seen not even one of the Dune movies. Um I did like the computer game back in like Windows ninety five days.
0: Dune. I love Dune the game, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I love that game, bro. Is the movie based on that, by the way? It's based more on the novel than the game. So the game was based mm, on the novel. I didn't even know it was a novel. You didn't know it was a novel? No, yeah. I didn't.
1: I thought it was a video game, and that's it, a video <laughs> game. By the way, another piece of news. Uh, I'm not sure if you read this or not, but I I, I didn't read the entire article, but I saw the headlines, mm-hmm. and I know you're a comic book head, but they said in the news Spider-Man, they're probably going to have Tobey Maguire
0: and, and um, Andrew what's the Garfield other dude's name? Back. Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. Andrew Garfield, that, right? That,
0: you know, that goes to what we talked about last episode, too, with the Jamie Foxx thing coming back, and Jamie Foxx was from the Andrew Garfield universe, so they're they're doing something interesting here, and Doctor Strange is going to be in it. Doctor Strange's next movie is the the something something the the uh the multiverse so i really think that they're you they're going to be bringing in multiple versions of different characters in here uh, you know into the spider Verse was one of my favorite movies of last year so if this is anything like that if you're doing like a live action version of that sign me up for it because i liked all three spider-man andrew garfield was a terrible peter parker but he was a good spider-man when he put the mask on i enjoyed andrew garfield as spider-man and toby He's the first one. Everybody loves Toby. So like, yeah, it, I, I, it'd be interesting to see them play off each other um, if it's whatever they do there. So I hope I hope I hope that that's true. I hope that's true. I hope that they're doing something really unique and interesting with it. So we'll see. We'll see. But let's see about this movie. So uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to play a trailer for Never Hike Alone. Uh, And then we're going to get into the review for it. Let's, we'll be right back after this. This, this is a, a Channel 7 news and- scene special a. report. A. A. At approximately 8.30 a.m., the officers arrive at Camp Crystal Lake.
1: Identified as a. A, fright,
0: several victims were reportedly a former hacked employee to the of the camp. Reported, what you're about to see almost
1: longer. defies description, and some of you may not want to watch it. Pending investigation, Camp Crystal Lake has been closed indefinitely. Check. Check one, two. Hey, everyone. Kyle McLeod here, checking in on another glorious backcountry adventure. This week, we're gonna be venturing through the Wessex County National Forest. I should mention, this hike is not for the weary, so I recommend only intermediate to advanced levels tackle this route. Intermediate, maybe, advanced definitely. So let me catch any of you noobs out here. Something sweet happened. I found this old trail marker on the other side of the creek. Now, it's not marked in the guidebook, but I think it's worth checking out. Camp Crystal Lake. (laughs) Can't believe it.
0: That story used to
1: scare the hell out of me. I think someone was living here.
0: All right, JB, so I fought every bone in my body to not ask you what you thought about this movie because I wanted to get the take here. I've hyped this up. I told you about it. I brought this to the table. That's why we're reviewing it. I will, admittedly, once we get to Never Hike in the Snow, was a little bit disappointed by that one. It was still solid, especially for what, what when you think about it. But Never Hike Alone, a Jason Fan film made for $17,000. Um, What did you think about it? How much do you really fucking hate me, bro? Bro, you didn't like this movie? This, this movie be. was
1: absolute fucking trash, bro. Bro, you're
0: fucking out your mind, bro. And you know what? I honestly feel like you just have that opinion. I don't because understand how people like this movie. Like you, what are you talking about? This is a Jason movie. This is exactly what Friday the 13th started off with. It went back to everything with basics with, with Jason. It it played into, you You get to see the bed that Kevin Bacon died. in. like a lot of the, the Easter eggs that are placed in there were great. The fact that Jason was not this hugely bulky person and tall, and 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 tall, like we 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 build up like this movie could have been. They could have very well marketed this as just a fan film, and halfway through it, you find out he's at Crystal Lake, and then it feels elevated and escalated. Like I don't understand how you don't like this as a horror fan. This is good horror. This period. This is this is what you want from horror. So the fr- the, the fr-
1: the first thing is there's there are some um, good things that I will mention in a second but some things is number 1 it didn't have that you and you just called it actually Jason I'm used to being like this tall bulky guy when I saw this guy it, it, it wasn't the same I'm like what is the Jason lose weight or some shit that's it well, was how Jason bulky, started though that's something that's something very minor hold on that's I something know. very minor my issue here is the storyline, the plot. For you have one guy for twenty minutes of the movie by himself just walking through shit. They could have made that whole that whole shit five minutes. To be honest, I, with I you. can agree with that. To me, I it, can agree with that. Now, from the point we saw Jason until the end, perfect. Okay, I love it. Okay, uh, but the first twenty minutes. But keep in mind, the movie's fucking leaving out credits is like forty-five minutes. So basically, half of your movie is nothing. They could have done this whole thing in twenty-five minutes. Now, from the point you got Jason, I, 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 yes, from that point until the end, I'm okay with. Also, and not to jump ahead, the fact that we got Tommy Jarvis to come back, yeah. and you, you know, you talk about these Easter eggs, that was awesome. That whole Amelie scene in the end, which we'll, you know, we'll get to. I was okay with all that. The, my first twenty to twenty five minutes is where I have the real issue. Okay, that's that's I will say team. on a positive note. Go ahead. On a positive note, in both movies, and I won't talk about the second movie yet. For seventeen thousand dollars, bro. The production value is amazing amazing in my opinion
0: those drone shots are beautiful in this and the in and, and the sequel but I, honestly if you if you're saying your problem was the lead up that I that's that's to me was the only critique that you can have in this movie for seventeen thousand. you can have a critique with how Jason looked like I almost wish they wouldn't have shown him without a mask at that one point by, by the way full spoilers um but I can yeah. see so the, at least the way that I took when I'm watching it right because I'm I'm anticipating it. I'm like, all right, when when's Jason coming? When's Jason coming? When's Jason coming? But I like the fact that it's like, A, this dude didn't know that he was even near Camp Crystal Lake. The fact that they're, they're it seems like they're trying to hide it, to play it, that it, it may have been a myth or whatever, it adds to that mythology. But I do, I can't agree with, there was so much of him alone that it was just like, huh. I think... To your point, if and this is what is the second one was shorter. So maybe that was a critique that even the director realized after the fact. If you cut this down to a 45 minute movie, let's say 38 minutes, then what do you think? So that that fixed most of your critique.
1: So you basically shaved off about seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to tell me those seven minutes came off the top, I'm absolutely with you. Now, also, they could have left it the way the same exact time Mm -hmm. and they could to steal something from uh, the Halloween movies. In a, some of the Hollywood movies, you don't get a lot of Michael Myers yeah. on screen. However, what they do is they give a illusion that Michael Myers is around the area. He's looking yeah. from afar. You might see like a shadow. If they could have done a little bit of that, I think that would have been okay. One thing that I also did like was I actually thought we're going to get like literally five minutes of Jason mm-hmm. like himself. But we got a good chunk of Jason. At least a good. We got a good chunk of Jason. Once like, he shows up. different
0: scenes of him. Once he shows up, he's in pretty much the He's rest there for the of rest. movie. Um, and so what? Uh, another thing that I want to talk about here is the main character. I like the fact that he got physical with Jason as, as, like, and that's something that we really don't see. And that's why I do like that they didn't make him this huge. They make he's tall and don't and he's not like scrawny or anything. He's not the bulky wrestler type. He's not Kane Hodder who's just a fucking tank. Right. But um, he's tall. When and the the director actually played the person who directed this is the person who's playing Jason yes. in both these movies. Um, which is fucking amazing too that he was able to get behind the mask. But um I like that they that that they didn't make him super big so it makes it more realistic when this guy who is an athletic guy isn't just getting tossed around. He's like, no, I'm gonna try to fucking I'm gonna try to fuck you up the best I can too. Um and then towards the end, like when he when him and Jason are having that kind of final standoff and he cuts Jason in the neck and Jason stabs him. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like we don't we don't get to see somebody really the most that I can th- that I can think we got somebody really trying to fight with Will Jason X, which I don't I fucking don't like the admit that, that the black guy in there he towards the end he got into a full on fist fight with Jason. It's always black guys. Then then Jason goes to Manhattan, the guy who tried to box him on the on the um <laughs> on the rooftop. But for the most part, we really don't see people try to get physical with Jason too much. So I like that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, like I said, there's there's good and bad to this this film. Mm-hmm. Um. The actor, the the main guy, I don't even know what his name is. Mm-hmm. I thought I think he did a, did a you know okay job as best as you can do. It's really hard when you're the only person and you're by yourself. Yeah, it's kind of hard. So um, yeah, I mean it's I, I don't know, man. Uh, another thing is when you watch horror movies, specifically horror movies, and you have the bad guy going after whoever the you know your your main person is, mm-hmm. usually. You garner some sort of sympathy. You don't want to see them die. Because this is a short film, not that it has anything to do with the guys acting or anything. It's really hard to garner sympathy off of someone that you've only seen for 15 minutes or something. Um, so honestly, when all this stuff was happening to him, I really I was actually rooting for Jason, to be honest with you.
0: And maybe, maybe that's why they had that that long period of time. And maybe they thought that that's why uh, that's what would hook us into him. I think anytime and like when you have an iconic slash movie we're always going to be rooting for fucking that person at this point um do you think that when jason finally showed up like did, for, was there a while there that you thought that maybe he wasn't going to show up because i'll tell you what i thought maybe they were going to go especially because it's a fan film route that we were they were going to go the route of you know he he he's freaked out he thinks he sees jason until you know shit once shit hits the fan there's no denying he's there but i thought that i i, I don't know like they play with my expectations a little bit but uh I don't know, man. I really enjoyed this movie, bro. I really, I've, I've seen it four times now. I really, really enjoyed it. Really? So, can you, can you imagine if
1: they didn't show Jason at all, just for like two minutes? I think they would have got a lot of backlash. Oh, there wouldn't be a sequel.
0: There wouldn't be. Yeah, there
1: wouldn't be. I think people in li- liked it, even from someone like me who didn't necessarily enjoy the whole movie for the whole picture. I enjoyed that we got so much of Jason. Yeah. Because even in a regular, if you look at rate ratio, right, like our normal movies about let's say ninety minutes you're not going to get 45 minutes of 50%, 45 minutes of Jason in the movie. However, in this, again, talking ratios, you know, 45 minute movie, you got about 20, 25, maybe 20,
0: 22 minutes of Jason. So that's great ratio. And they did, it. we have an even better ratio in the second one. We'll talk about that. Yes. Um, yes. So, okay, let's get to Let's get towards the, the, the more of the story in here. So, um, this guy's hiking and we never really set the stage for the story. It's a 50 minute movie on YouTube. Everyone can go and watch this. Um, This guy's on his on his hike. He's like a YouTuber, which we you you never they don't explicitly say it in this movie, but in the sequel you see the kids actually watching. He had a YouTube video of this guy up, so he is a YouTuber uh, that teaches people like going to hiking and and stuff like that. He's going through. We see like like uh, JB said, like 20 minutes of him going through this area. We don't know. He comes across the sign that is Camp, Camp Crystal Lake, and then he goes into the cottage, and it's like the blood and everything is still around from the original movie they 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 did a very good job replicating that um he Jason sees him and shit hits the fan after that we get uh his initial altercation with Jason which leaves him with a cut on his uh was it his leg yeah it's yeah. it's like his shin area yeah, kind shin of area um he kind of hides out from Jason for a while and then he, i guess he gets the idea that he's going to take the fight to Jason um and that's when we get that scene that I talked about, it all cu- culminates in a standoff where the guy has the machete. Jason has, I forgot what Jason stabbed him with. Jason stabs him as he cuts Jason in the neck. They both fall out. Um, the guy wakes I, up. Th- he's in- that was the, my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, it was a great scene. You. And the, the way that it was shot, the fact that it's like the guys look on his face. And you—and it's a fan film. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to end. He killed him. It's the end of the movie. And then Same. you get you get Jason's mask and the blood, blood starts coming out the mask is like oh shit and then they zoom out i was out. like wait why you see? got him Where you can see that he's he got him he cut him in the fucking neck um and then he walks off and he sees he sees jason pulls this thing out of his neck he's like oh fuck like fuck <laughs> this let me just run and get the fuck out of here uh he passes out he bro best scene in this movie where probably most of the budget went to the scene where he's hallucinating that jason is smashing his head in again another thing that got me i thought that was going to be the end of the fucking fan film because he rests by this like the typical jason scene where he he comes out of the for one last scare gets this guy starts smashing his head it's just a great practical effect what did you think about all that bro we just said a lot and i want to get into the ambulance thing but what do you think about that so far
1: no i so i'm with you 100 percent. For me, my favorite scene was when he went for the hatchet or axe, whatever you want to call it, and he hit Jason and then you just see him freeze up and I'm like, Oh shit, he's gonna die. This is the yeah. end of the movie. But that like you said, you see the blood come from Jason's mask, and I'm like, Oh shit, he got him. But not for one second that Stop. I think Sorry, not for I'm one second. No, you're good. Not for one second that I think that was the end of the movie. Obviously, you know Jason's gonna come back for one last straw. And then when you see him down by the lake and Jason jump out, I'm like, okay, well this is how he ends. Pops his head like a freaking pineapple. But then he, again, he wakes up, and there were a couple, um, for lack of a better term, false finishes. And um, I, that's another thing, another positive that I like from the movie is kind of like, oh, got you, got you again. Yeah. Well, and then now you're like, really like, I kept on saying, like, okay, oh, he's going to wake up again. Yeah. or oh, he's going to yeah. wake up again. Like, you don't really know when the movie ends, which was cool. I,
0: I've never really I've never really seen that done in, in film before that I can remember. Yeah, at not, least so many times. Yeah, not, and it makes sense because in, when you think, because us describing it's like, oh, he keep he, he just keeps hallucinating. But when you think this guy's been cut, he's been stabbed now in his abdomen, he's bleeding out, like you that's kinda like that fever dream thing. Like he he's it's it's fake outs for us, but you can imagine that he's really ha- hallucinating this. And he's probably also traumatized from getting chased in the fucking yeah. woods by Jason Voorhees. So just imagine what the fuck that's like. Um and yeah, so it was great. Like and that, that head popping scene was fucking amazing. Then we get to where my issue comes in at, and and you may disagree because we're old school fans so we'll, we'll see what you think about this so we he wakes up in this ambulance and there's these two char- characters these paramedics that legit feel like they're immediately ripped out from the 80s in, in, in the sense that it the tone is completely off than the tone that was said in this movie like the guy sitting here looking at a fucking playboy and he's like oh you see these all titties and it's just yeah. the way that he said it like you can see in the 80s Jason film where that would have had a place in and it would have felt natural there. Now, maybe they did that because that was kind of our cue that we were going to get Tommy Jarvis. Maybe because, you know, they're trying to set that. But what did you think about those characters? They just seem like they were so far over the top. And we had got such a realistic movie up into that point. What do you think?
1: I, I'm, a, a, I'm very, very positive. Again, I don't know 100 percent, but I feel like all that was done on purpose. Okay. For, as soon as I saw like the, the the one paramedic in the corner looking at the Playboy and just his his tone yeah. and his dialogue, that that was literally every single horror movie in the eighties. There was like there was characters like that. Mm-hmm. And um same thing with the lady. And then obviously, you know, we get we get Tommy Jarvis show up. So I feel like that was done intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm kinda I'm I'm okay with that because they were sort of setting the scene in a way, setting the atmosphere to what's about to what's about to come.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I I can understand that. Um and seeing Tommy Jarvis, bro, I immediately popped like it, yeah. it just it's awesome. Now, it's it's weird because when we get into talking about uh, never hiking in the snow, it's like the it doesn't quite line up there cuz he's, he's back to being the crazy Jason chaser there. He's a paramedic here, but um so Jason shows back up. First, we get those fake outs where he he thinks he wakes up. He's imagining Jason stabbing him as where the paramedics are actually giving him a, a sedative. And I like what they did and how they played off that. But Jason finally does show up, as we probably figured he was. Uh, he makes quick work of, of the, the two paramedics that we got at that time. But my question is in this, and maybe I'm critiquing it too hard. Tommy Jarvis was gonna the see. first one to see Jason. He jumps out of the car. We hear some tussling. The other two paramedics die, and then all of a sudden Tommy Jarvis is back in the front seat like, "Hang on, kid, we're getting out of here." Where the fuck were you when he was killing the other paramedics? Were you just chilling back? Like what the fuck happened?
1: What do you think? Yeah, I think that's sort of a uh, that's sort of a loophole, but I think also it's like I guess what you're supposed to think is he got away. He he got away, and while Jason was killing those two assholes, he got away. You know, and I guess that's the way it was supposed to play up. And it's Tommy Jarvis. He's the one that always is gonna get away, and he's the one that always kills Jason at the end. And you know, it's Tommy Jarvis, old school. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then final scene, we get a, uh, another one of those great drone shots. Is the ambulance is, is driving away, and Jason is just walking calmly after it uh, to be to be seen again. I guess. What do you? So overall, uh, this film, just the first one. Uh, what are you giving it as a rating?
1: I'll give it a five point five
0: Damn, out of ten. Bro. I really uh, expect you to be a little bit easier on this one. It's getting a solid seven for me. Not gonna lie, this was—I told you—this is one of the better Jason. It's it's better than anything that came out after Jason Ford to me. Way better. Uh, so um, that puts it up there, and I love like the homage played to the original movies. It's just yes. weird though because. This has to like only take place after Jason 3 and nothing 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 from there could have happened because that would have been before we got Zombie Jason so uh yeah it had to be after 3 I think but you know that's just my brain trying to trying to figure out where it is you, you know you don't have to fit it anywhere in the, specifically in the storyline but this gets us into the second one Never Hike in the Snow this one was super hyped uh because of the all the attention Never Hike Alone has gotten uh, it is one of four more sequels we're getting in this Never Hike series. Um, this one, uh, well, it, this one's technically a prequel, but we're getting four more movies after this one that are actually going to take place after the one we just reviewed. This one is a pre prequel, prequel. And what I will say, everything that you just said about the first one completely goes out of the 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 way of this one. As far as it taking too long to build up, we get Jason in the first five minutes, and we get one of the best kills, best kills I think in in fucking any... In the last couple of years of any horror movie, like, this shit was amazing. To see Jason stalk him and shoot him with a bow and arrow. We've never seen Jason with a fucking bow and arrow before, by the way. Uh, And just how that whole thing escalates, like, him trying to chirp for the car. As soon as he started trying to chirp for the car, I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. Jason's gonna hear that, too. What did you think about it? So, Off Rip, the first 10-15 minutes of this movie, was... I had a way better feeling
1: than And by the way, I saw these movies back-to-back, one right after the other, two minutes apart. So... The first 10 15 minutes, I was immediately invested. Just the way it started, it, 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 it kind of reminds you of like a video game. Like, you, you know, in that opening sequence, you, you there's sort of a chase scene or something like that. Yeah. And that's what we got. And immediately, there's so many elements I'm not used to. Jason in the snow, you've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Jason with a bow and arrow, I saw the bow and arrow, and I was about to be like, what the hell? That doesn't make sense. And then I was like, well, it's actually pretty cool. Because yeah. we've never seen Jason with a bow and arrow. And that killed, bro. Fuck uh, Friday 13th. Fuck streaming movies. Fuck all. That's one of the best kills in horror. Period. Oh, okay. I liked it. In horror, period. That was one. I, I rewinded a couple of times, not because I'm I'm sick and crazy, but the way it was done was just really good. And like they paid so much attention to detail. I don't know if you realize, you saw like his kind of tongue hanging out, mm-hmm. and it was it was done really well. That whole scene was done well. But my gripe is the same issues I sort of had with part one. Sort of flip it around. The beginning of this is great, and then it slowly goes downhill. Now, the great thing is, this movie's like 31 minutes. Taking out credits, about 25 minutes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't too much, but I almost, I almost, I understand why they did this stuff after the initial sequence, but at that point, the guy is
0: freaking dead. So the rest of the stuff doesn't even matter. They're, they're, the guy's dead. They're looking for a dead person already. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, it plays into this thing, right? Because. Alright, so we get we get that open great opening kill. Jason actually writes his name on the guy's car, right? There's something. Yes. Oh, no, it's on the police car on the later hood. on. Um and so the 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 sheriff in this case is this whole time he's trying to cover it up. He's like, Oh, put salt down. We don't want people digging around. And then you find him going to this uh this kid's house and and uh he's basically trying to look for things in this kid's room to so that make sure that nobody knows is actually Camp Crystal. Like like you get this whole and this is maybe where they're trying to add their own mythology to it. Is that maybe the reason why they're trying to set it in the real world, and the reason why people don't go to Camp Crystal Lake is because they've ba- they've tried to erase it from memory. My immediate immediate thought, and let me know if you think I'm completely off basis, We've never gotten this in a, in a Jason series before. What if that sheriff is Jason's father? Oh, that's interesting. Have we have we ever
1: knew anything period about Jason's father? Not they've to, never mentioned not to one thing. Knowledge. Right?
0: You know, maybe it was something off mentioned in in one of the the wax sequels. I, I don't know, but it's always been so focused on his mother and the fact that we get the mother back in this. And you have to think like, okay, she lived in Camp Crystal Lake. More than likely, his father was probably somewhere around there too. So maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I I can see that
1: right. But the only thing I'm wondering is, do they take that because that's a huge. I don't want to say risk, mm-hmm. but that's like a huge plot that they're putting in there that they're not even like taking a little seed from something and kind of turn it like the fact that they put him in the snow and the fact that like he's a bow and arrow, those aren't huge things that people are going to like turn it back. But now you're bringing in a father. That's like a whole different twist. I could see it being a good thing. And also I can see some, like some of the old heads being like, Oh, that's bullshit. He didn't ever talk about his dad a lot, but I could also see some people, which I would be one of those people if they do introduce an element like that that could be intriguing depending on how the way you know how it's done
0: i mean the fact that these are fan films right and even though they're done with huge production budgets um well not huge but really solid production quality huge production quality because the budgets are are i'm surprised they're able to do what they're doing on the budget but maybe that's the thing that makes this stand out and maybe that's why you saw them we see them announce so many sequels because now maybe That first one was like a proof of concept, right? So then in the year between that releasing and them coming out with these new ones, because these are all going to be out before the end of 2021, they thought of a story that they wanted to tell that also will make this be uniquely theirs. And so maybe that's the angle. We never got anything with Jason's father. So yeah, that could be very interesting. And um,
1: you know, they definitely have something in the works at least if it's not with his father, they have something because like you said, there's four other parts waiting. I don't know what the release dates are going to be and how they're going to do that. But, um, I mean the first, the first movie got like 1.7 million views. This one, I mean, it only came out a couple days ago before we're us recording this mm-hmm. and it has about 60 something thousand um, views when I watched it earlier today. Um, so it's probably going to hit a hundred thousand views, um, by this weekend. I, you know, I don't know if it'll hit a million views. Maybe it will. Who knows? But, um, yeah, man, and just to kind of like move forward a little bit, of, kind of a little bit away from this movie for a second, I, I do believe, because um, even though I may not be big on these movies, mm-hmm. they do have a, quite a big buzz from people who like horror and just in general movie fans. So this may be a wave of a new thing that you may see more of. These fan, There's a lot of fan fiction stuff. There's a lot of fan on, films
0: on YouTube, yeah.
1: Yes, there's a bunch of them in all kind of genres. It's just that it's not widely known or people don't really look into it. I, this is the second, I think this is a s- second or third, uh, fan fiction sort of thing. I, 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 saw the first one I saw was, um, oh man, what's that? Um, what's that game that I played? I told you I was like in love with on PlayStation. Oh, it's like my uh, favorite uncharted. franchise after uncharted. There was an uncharted one. It was very short, like maybe 20 minutes. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. So people are doing some good stuff. And these are, uh, I don't want to say call them amateurs, but, they don't have those big budgets and those big, you know, big studios backing
0: them. So I think it was more of those. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is, this could be a whole thing that like, especially with quarantine that that's happening and movie theaters not being open. You got to think that some of these filmmakers that are at home or that are independent or whatever, are like watching this thinking, okay, could this be viable? And not, it doesn't even have to necessarily be, yeah, you get more views. If people, people hear that it's a, jason a friday the 13th movie they're more likely to come out than hearing oh some random youtuber released a a horror film with no name attached to it but could you imagine especially the studios that did this they're going to have a cachet now of people who trust them with horror right they're like a mini blumhouse when you think about it for what they're able to do and these movies look great so who's to say they don't use these these jason movies now to build up their their stock, Library. as you say. Well, they do have, if you go on their YouTube channel, yeah. which I think they're called Womp, Womp, Stomp Womp Studios. Yeah, Womp Studios. Well, Womp, 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 Womp Studios something like that.
1: If you go on their YouTube channel, they have teasers, or some, and they all look like horror. Mm. So it looks like they're going to be horror-specific. And um, they have some trailers. I think they even have a couple other movies that are already out. So if you check their YouTube channel, you'll see they have quite a few
0: projects going. Yeah, all look so, horror. Uh, and hats off to them. And, you know, YouTube, you get paid from YouTube. I'm, I'm sure with them using Jason like this, Even though it hasn't been announced, I'm sure, uh, who owns Jason now? I can't remember who, what studio owns the rights to Jason. So in
1: regards to that, um, in regards to that, at the end of, I don't remember if it was the first or second movie Mm -hmm. and don't ask me why I watched it all the way until the end, even like past the credits. And the very last thing it says before it fades to black is, uh, no money was no profits were made off of this film. Mm -hmm. and all rights belong to whoever the hell owns, you know, the Jason franchise. And I think because they're using Jason's likeness, they can do it because it's fa- it's like a fan thing. But they can't profit off of it. So I'm pretty sure the video is not monetized. Mm-hmm. And whatever they made, because this was the IndieGoGo slash yeah. uh, Kickstarter campaign, yeah. whatever money they had, I'm sure they put it back into the film. I- obviously, maybe you know whatever else they did. But at the bottom line, they're not making any profits. Well, much.
0: and so I least, so there was a Star Wars film that was. Uh, that was a fan made like this and the director did a podcast afterwards and basically what happened is that even though the video wasn't monetized for them uh lucasfilm got paid off the views that 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 revenue went straight to them so maybe something like this maybe they didn't monetize it at all but you got to think this is like a this this is a great move if you can't monetize off this the next thing that they do or announce, if they, if it's in between this Jason series, after the Jason series, horror fans are going to be looking out for it. Even if it's only, imagine, like the first one did a million views. Let's just say 500,000 of them afterwards trust the studio and come back. they are probably subscribe to the channel now and watch it. That's considerable money on YouTube. So, right. So, yeah. I think, like
1: you just said, Exactly. A perfect example of this is Bang Jun ho No one, majority yeah. of the people had no that's idea it. who the fuck Bang Jun ho yeah. is. A lot of people saw Pierce, and didn't even know who the director was. Now, Parasite came, everybody's on the Bong Jun ho bandwagon. Go back and check. You know how many people have gone back and watched all of Bong Jun hos movies? Yeah. Now, it's the same concept here. I, I think that's very smart. Use Jason's likeness, don't profit all this, but hey, we'll get him on the next one. Yeah. So, like you said... The first movie had 1.7 million. Even if they get half of that, you're talking about 800,000 to 900,000 views on something that you can't monetize that's 100% owned by you. And now if you do a good job on that, you've already you've hooked them in. Now every time you have something coming on, boom, you have them hooked and that's it. Now eventually, at some point, you get really big. Now you could start selling it to streaming and make some real money.
0: Yep. And you got to think like... um, I know that I read that there were plans to release the first one at least on Blu-ray. Um, I don't know how that deal works out with the studios that own it or whatnot. Now they'll probably the studios will probably make the most money off that and probably maybe maybe cut them like ten percent or whatever. I hate that idea though. I know, but I mean, who really buys Blu-rays nowadays? But right, but you know, you have so the thing is is that if it's, I yeah, uh, uh, I mean, why not streaming? Yeah, I mean because it's streaming on YouTube. So I mean they would have True. to take it down off youtube to then put it on streaming and then that that's a whole nother set of things so that's probably why um but let's get back into this story just to, to kind of bring it all home very short story overall we get this scene with jason again in his in his den so to say or his dungeon whatever whatever you want to call it we see his mother's head he still has his mother's head he hallucinates that his mother's talking to him or whatever um what do you think about what do you Cause we in the first couple ones when Jason actually pops up, so that would have been two and three. We get some of the stuff with his mother, not not very much. Um, what did you think about the effect? What do you think about them going back to the old school of him having his mother's head still around? What do you think about the homage they played there? Loved it because like we talked about in on part one, those those little those
1: little trinkets or whatever word you want to call, it, where they're paying homage and they're they're, they're kicking it back nostalgic. Those are the things I love. I always loved that. And, you know, um, not to get away from the subject, you know, we recently finished the Cobra Kai series, and those little times they were kind of calling back from the original trilogy, I love stuff like that. I, you know, especially when Jason is a character and 513 is a franchise that has such huge meaning to a lot of movie fans, a lot of horror fans, and the fact that they're bringing in these little things that that, like the head, for example, I i guarantee there's not one person like oh why did they bring the head that that no people want to see that shit people want to see that nostalgic shit
0: definitely if you didn't want to see the nostalgic shit i guarantee you're not even watching this movie yeah i agree i agree um I, I, I just i loved all and then the final kill with the cop who pops up in in on him i'm just looking the whole time at this person like why are you trying to talk like you were standing behind jason with a, with a gun pop double tap that motherfucker in the back of the head with the gun like come on you exactly you have to you're a cop in crystal lake you have to know jason voorhees when you're sitting there seeing somebody who has a fucking mask on and you're standing behind them why do you not just shoot shoot that he cannot be reasoned with he cannot be fucking reasoned with shoot his ass and what was the result he got his ass killed so and it was it was wasn't as good of a kill in the first one but it was a solid kill um as well they do these kills really good in, in this series. And I wonder if the if the, because they're doing so many or if they're going to condense them now, there are going to be these 30 minute watches because that's just great. That's just we're going to have to catch up on it on the series. Um, So as this is technically a prequel, um, so we and that's the thing that I don't like about it. I was going to say my problem is because it doesn't kind it doesn't quite line up with. And I know this is supposed to happen three months before before the first one that we reviewed. But Tommy Jarvis is still someone that the sheriff is basically just saying is crazy as shit. He becomes a paramedic within those three months that then goes to Camp Crystal Lake, and then he kill- clearly knows Jason is still killing. So why, when he got there, he's letting these people, these dumbass paramedics, talk about tits and shit? If you just knew three months ago that Jason just killed somebody, so like, I think that's a huge problem because yeah. the the Tommy character you get in the in what's supposed to be called the
1: prequel. He's sort of like a, a senile psycho in a way. Yeah. So he went from senile psycho to being like this this ambulance driver and a paramedic. That makes no sense. And I don't know why they call, decided to call this a prequel. They didn't really have to do that. This could have been a sequel.
0: And I don't think... It, I mean, really, if they call it a sequel, what what's stopping it from it being a sequel? I think more so they didn't call it a sequel because they like whatever the actual sequel is, is going to include um, the character that survived the first one. So because of that they they and because they wanted to include tommy jarvis too that they just couldn't do that now that's just my speculation i haven't read anything that says that for sure well i know that the original actor is coming back for the him and tommy jarvis are going to be back for the for the next one or whatever but it's just my thing is, is you didn't have to have Tommy. i get it we saw tommy jarvis in the last one you did i feel like the if they would just take the tommy jarvis character out of it then you wouldn't even try to be linking the two up but because tommy jarvis is in such a different place in this one how does he go from here to 3 months later is the thing that throws it all off everything else in this like you said fuck it. It, it it doesn't really affect the first one but that one character does go ahead and he even looks to me at least in my opinion he looks older in the prequel
1: than he does in the in the yeah. freaking in the first movie yeah so it's just i don't know do you
0: think we get other characters oh abs- in the later movie. later parts at, with the popularity that this has had um absolutely now who I don't know, but uh, I think we're gonna get a, at least a couple of them, and you know they they've shown in both of these they are all for paying homage to the ones that came before it. So and that's the thing I said that this must happen after uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Tommy Jarvis wasn't in three; he didn't make his appearance till four, right? Yeah, should it made him be five,
1: or was it? Yeah, I think he was in. Wasn't he in, in five and six?
0: Yeah, I think that's what it was. Damn or was
1: it four? Was it a four, five, and six? Let's see. He was definitely in six. He was I remember in him. Six, yeah. Yeah. So it might be five and six. I don't really remember to be honest. I think Friday the Thirteenth of the Big Three, and I consider the Big Three: Michael Myers, Freddy, and Jason. I believe Friday the Thirteenth is the one that I've seen the least. The one I've seen the most is is Nightmare on Elm Street, which we talked about last week, and um, um, H- Halloween. I've seen the second most. Friday the Thirteenth. There's a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth movies where I only seen one time.
0: Yeah. Me too. So Tommy Jarvis' original appearance was in Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, which would have been part four. That's when he was played when he was twelve years old, played by Corey Feldman. Yes, so, a ball-headed Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. Weird ass. But shit. that wasn't the only one he was in. No, no, no. I'm saying that was his first appearance. So he was okay, in four, okay. five, and six. He was in. Already. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which is the one when he when they were in the um, was it a they were on a boat? Is that takes Manhattan?
0: That's Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah. I think that and Jason Goes to Hell are the ones I've seen the most. Me too. Jason, so just like when we talked about, uh, we were just talking about uh, Dream Warriors and how, yes. how Dream Warriors was, was the one that I, see, I saw the most. So I didn't even like see the first one. Jason Goes to Manhattan was the one I saw the most of growing up. Like I feel like it was always on, like I think, I swear I feel like it used to come on Sci-Fi Channel at like after yes. 10 p.m. all the time. That's the one that I remember seeing all the time. It did obviously on Friday the thirteenth they would
1: run the marathon, but there's so many times outside of Friday the thirteenth they would always show like uh, they never for some reason never showed the original Jason, but it would be from like two through six. Yeah. it would show like all the like all the time, and Jason nine or J, not Jason nine goes to hell. I think I don't know what part goes to hell was might have been eight or nine. I don't even remember. I've seen that a
0: bunch of times as well. All right, bro. I mean, overall, this is uh, how, how do you rank this one?
1: This one, it, it, to me, was better than the first one. Just in my in my um, opinion, um, I would give this one. I'll give this one a six and a half, maybe a seven. No, I'll go with a seven. Seven. Oh, okay. Because this one, it's crazy. Because this one is shorter by a lot, by 20 minutes, but I feel there was more substance in this one, which yeah. is, is freaking weird.
0: They cut the fluff out. There's no fluff. Yeah. it's You get right to Jason real quick, and even this stuff when Jason, you know, we start off with Jason, we don't have Jason for like five to eight minutes, which doesn't sound like long, but in a movie that's only 30 minutes, that's, that's considerable time, but I was so engaged in, in trying to figure out what the fuck the sheriff was trying to do that I really didn't think about it much. Um, So yeah, this one was just a better, it was well better, way better paced, um then then the one the one before it uh which is always good when you can cut out some of that fluff time where do you think ultimately bro um are you gonna are you gonna stick with the series do you so did they do enough i know i asked you to do these two but they do did they do enough on your own if hayes doesn't say anything about hey the new one's coming out do you think you're gonna be showing up to watch it 100 yes only because of uh, never hike in the snow. If it was
1: off the first one, there's no way. But let me tell you what else it's done. Mm. It's now made me want to watch more fan fiction shit. Like when I finish watching, and I don't remember if it was hike in the snow or hike alone. You know, uh, recommended shit always comes up mm-hmm. after you're done. I noticed, a, I, which I'm probably going to watch as soon as we're done recording, there's one of Halloween. I, I, saw, that the, I saw that
0: too. I saw that Is it good? no no i'm saying i saw it on the recommends i didn't oh, get to oh. watch it yet because i i the only reason i didn't i i had to show some concern some uh control because i know if right, i right. watched it and it was amazing i would have been like jb can we do this one too <laughs> right, right right
1: well we're, we're i'm gonna end up watching it tonight. i don't know if you're gonna when you're gonna watch
0: it but hey if it's good why not why yeah. not bring it to the people yeah so uh ladies and gentlemen let's never hike alone never hike in the snow if you guys have not watched it go and search both on youtube um, really, really good fan films. Uh, this oh, and you know this fan film thing. You remember, bro? I I pointed out to you one before the Chucky fan film called Charles. That's yes, released I soon. remember that. That's releasing soon. That's releasing soon. That's what I'm looking for. That yeah. I believe they said that one's going to be released December around Christmas time of uh, this year. Yeah, this year. Yes, so I'm really because the fucking trailer looks we got amazing. from Charles Play Reboot was oh, horrible. Yeah, that, oh, so yeah. I'm looking forward to Charles. Yeah, so. I, you know, I mean, they're, they'll they be smart to, and I think it's already finished, they'd be smart to hurry up and get it out now because this this may seriously, it's a perfect situation. As much as, like, the pandemic sucks, being at home sucks, but for filmmakers like this, this is the perfect situation that you're just going to release your stuff for free because you know we're we're looking for content and this this was amazing for what it was so uh the creatives are answering the call bro they're answering the call man uh it really i told you i want to do i want to do short films too so like this is really like seeing the first one just made me think like wow like somebody did this shit with a drone and a couple of cameras and passed for
1: the for, for those who don't know i really think because you guys may not know but I think if Hayes and I really tried, we could probably get something to go because he has a good knack for the whole film setup. Obviously, you guys have seen, and his I think your cinematography will be on point. Your directing skills will be on point. And I have a knack, which a lot of people may not know, for writing, and I think with those two things combined, we could probably do some serious shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we definitely could. Um, I'm down for, for it, bro. Like, this shit has really got me... Like, not even for, like, you know, horror is always going to be my passion, but, like, just to get out and just film more stuff. Like, I don't know if you saw, like, how I've been doing the uh, promo videos for The E-Wake and Saw. I've been doing a lot of more cinematic stuff and special effects stuff that I've been trying to task myself to learn. Looking great too. Um, I feel like because we do, I do video now on that podcast solo. I do video for basically all the podcasts that I'm on now. I'm using it to sharpen my skills. so That way, when this short film comes, I'm I'm ready, ready to go. So. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to see, man. Maybe you'll see a Film Bros production in the near future. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. Well, bro, go ahead and give them your social media. Let's get the hell up out of here.
1: I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1-J-B. You can catch me on uh, Facebook. Uh,
0: CEO Hayes will talk about our uh, Facebook group. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And you can follow me at CEO Hayes, the C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros Pod. The Facebook group JB mentioned. You can go and search the Film Frequency on Facebook. You can join the group where we have great discussions on movies, TV, and everything else. Uh, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Film frequency Pod at gmail.com. We out this bitch. Peace. Peace.